I'm Jess McCauley, and I am a theater maker, and I am also an introvert. I'm Phil Rickaby, and I'm a writer and performer, and I'm also an introvert, and this is The Introvert's Guide to... On The Introvert's Guide to, we talk about the introvert life and how to live it to the fullest. We will choose a topic and discuss it, as well as try to find other helpful hints on social media and on the internet at large. If you want to drop us a line, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at introvertguide2, the number two, and you can find the website at introvertsguide2.com. If you want to send us a message, you can do that through the website, or you can email us at introvertsguidetostuff at gmail.com. And remember, we may use your questions or comments on an upcoming episode of The Introvert's Guide to. And if you like the podcast and you listen on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a comment and a five-star rating. Your comments and ratings help new people to find the show, but even better, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you know someone that you think might like The Introvert's Guide to, tell them about it. Some of our favorite podcasts became our favorites because someone we know told us about them. Our topic today is big life changes. So I'm wondering, Jess, if you've had any big life changes recently or within the last six months or so, six, seven months? Seven months? Yeah, just a little one. Just a tiny one. Just a, a little nugget. Uh-huh. You know, I don't, I don't want our entire conversation because, I, I mean, I feel like this one's too easy. For, for us to go into with, with a major life oh, um, sure. life change. But I have to tell you, I have had major life changes before. The one I want to, I'll, I'll be talking about was back in 2015. But this one here, I know it, it goes without saying, but boy, does it rock your world. <laughs> oh. I mean, you think you're having, you think you're having some big life changes and then you have a baby and you never knew what a big life change was. Oh, not at all. Not at all. We said at the last episode where, again, I was planning on coming back after a month. I've been. I still, I still think that's hilarious. I, I was still... a baby myself. Okay. I, I was a no baby. Oh, no I was idea. so sweet, wasn't I? I was really well meaning too. It was like, you know, we're going to have like a couple of gaps, just, you know, a couple of weeks with no episodes, but that's fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Seven months later. <laughs> so. I mean, one of the one of the the changes, you know, just to just to get the the mommy stuff out of the way, is the kind of shows that you're watching have changed somewhat, have they not? Like you're watching baby TV. I know all of the words to many of the Wiggles. I know a lot of them already. And already, I follow them on Instagram mm-hmm. and. You know, I just love following their journeys, but special shout out to Miss Rachel on YouTube. You're, you're lovely. You are a very lovely person. And And I I imagine, I imagine you never thought that you would be watching so much 
of the baby focused TV. I try to put on like other movies that I thought maybe, you know, that maybe I enjoyed from whenever I was a kid. Yeah. You know, of course, that that way it's a little bit of nostalgia for me, right? But then I remember uh, he is six, seven month old. You maybe have to turn on something he, you know, maybe he'll engage with. Yeah, yeah. And uh, to my demise, it's it was a good choice. It was a good choice. So um, it's yeah. adjusting to that now in the background instead of like, you know, maybe a podcast I've been dying to listen to. You don't get to do that. No. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I mean, we all have big life changes and they can really shake up your world. Not just having a baby, but lots of lots of different kinds of, of life changes will have pretty massive effects and changes on your life. Even moving to a new apartment is a pretty big change. You said that you had another life change from 2015 that you wanted to talk about. You kind of touched on it, actually. I moved from I, uh, I moved from my hometown, Niagara, and I moved to London, Ontario. And just to make that clear, folks. <laughs> it's not that exciting. It's not that exciting. It's not that exciting. <laughs> not the exciting London. The other one. With no, all love to my friends in London, Ontario. Absolutely. I love London. It's got a very special place in my heart. But moving from my hometown that I had been in for almost all of my life into this new city far away from my family, who I'm very close with, was major. And I only knew my now husband. And that was the thing is like, and I really took a risk because I was looking for my own place, but he stopped me and said, no, you should come live with me. And so I did. And that was quite a gamble because I mean, so what if things have, would work out? You have two big life changes. Number one, you're moving to a new city. Number mm -hmm. two, you're moving in with your boyfriend after how long had you been together at that point? Under a few months. <laughs> so risks long. were taken. Risks were, were taken. They were. But, you know, when you know, you know. And that's all I kept telling myself. Yeah, when true. you know, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> now, as an introvert, mm -hmm. what were the things that were challenging for you in those changes? When I first moved... I thought it was amazing because I got to wander the streets by myself. I got to go and explore and, and people watch and take in the new neighborhoods and take a, you know, map out where my, what my neighborhood really is. Right. But after a while, I think the challenge was, is okay, how do I start saying yes to these people that want to hang out with me? How do I start, you know, inching my way into these social circles and, and building my courage up to pursue theater in this new place? So I think my challenge was coming out of my shell and mm. doing that on your own with no one really pushing you was tough to just conjure that up from my own inner being. Like, I don't know how I did it. Yeah. No, it's, it's a really hard one because mm -hmm. if, especially since you moved to a place where the only person you knew was your boyfriend. We uh, finding new friends as an adult is hard enough. I don't know how anybody does it because I haven't done it in a very long time. F f friends? friends? Huh? <laughs> Plural? New friends? <laughs> but the, 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 
like getting to know people. I mean, it would have been really easy to to just sort of be like to sort of point at Steve and go like, you're the person I know. You're my social life. <laughs> it would have been so easy. <laughs> but like, I, I mean, I already was living in a house full of dudes who mm. like to have parties. Right. <laughs> so it was it was easy in that way. But it, that means that I had to go to a party. Yeah. That means that I would have had to have been in a strenuous social situation. And yeah, it was really tough to, for people that were reaching out, you know, who I'd worked with on theater shows in that area who were like, Hey, I heard you in the area. You want to go for a coffee? Just pushing myself to say yes was already Mm. difficult enough. And then having, choosing solitary confinement really in this room which that's what it was for it felt like for a long time because we had roommates i'm not gonna go hang out in the the living room or you know the dining room it just felt awkward to me so staying there not going out it felt like i i don't know it felt like time was passing but Mm. then at the same time i'm not really recharging my batteries everything was just stagnant so that was another tricky point is i'm not really I'm not really performing self-care for myself at this moment. That you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. When 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 I lived with roommates. Now I I I, I very particularly the times that I lived with roommates, they were people, you know, the people say don't move in with your friends, but I did and it worked out for the most part. And it was great. And so because we already had an existing relationship, we hung out in the living room a lot. The idea of moving in with strangers and I don't know, sitting in the living room with them. Like they might have a conversation, try to have a conversation. Like, no, I don't know you. (laughs) I know. I'm not bonding. I'm trying to be in a a comfortable, like home space. People don't talk to me in that space. How dare you? And that's the way we prefer it, man. Like, come on. I don't want to get to know you right now. No. And the idea, <laughs> there've been times when, you know, what a couple of, you know, the place that I'm in now is the, the, the latest place. Cause the place before that I was given, they sold the place. And so I had to move. And then the place for that, they sold the place and I had to move. So, and both times somebody who came, who was very, you know, they were very helpful. They were saying, so would you consider roommates? Just in terms of like finding a place to live. And I was like, absolutely not. No, no. First of all, I'm an old man. No, thank you. (laughs) I don't want to have roommates as an old man. Second of all, if I don't already know them well, no way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why people think throwing out the idea of roommates is plausible. I mean, I get the well intention. Yeah. I do. I understand, but it's just, I don't know. They're like, I having plenty of roommates myself. Yeah. I've had a lot more good experiences than I have bad. There's just more reasons to not have roommates these days. I mean, aside from the, maybe the financial, you know, yeah. less of a burden. Right. But, but even right now, like, like I'm working from home. That's a permanent situation for me working from home. Mm-hmm. So to have roommates while working from home. I can't even imagine that fresh hell. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. No, that's what was it like when you got your first place all by yourself though? How rewarding. It was glorious. Wasn't it? It was glorious. It was um, just like, 
it was like the first time that I had an apartment to myself, it was like, this is how it's meant to be. <laughs> that cup of coffee must have been chef's kiss. The most Absolutely, perfect Absolutely, because sip. it was mine. That's right. And nobody else was going to drink any of it. Oh, my gosh. The one thing I, I cannot stand about roommates and it still irks me is the coffee maker not getting cleaned after it's just it's empty and it's just sitting there that oh phil it ignited something in me i i just want a cup of coffee and now i have to clean up your mess like no that's an adjustment (laughs) that is an adjustment that is an adjustment i i have you know i have my coffee machine and it's i like to set it up in the evening before i go to bed so in the morning, in my blurry-eyed state, all I have to do is flip a switch. I can get out of bed, and I zombie walk into the kitchen, and I flip a switch. And by the time I come back, there's a cup of coffee that I can have. There have been some times when nighttime fill has failed morning fill by not setting that up. And that is a disappointment that is like kind of like having a roommate, except that the only person I can blame is myself. I heard a really nice saying a little while ago about why we we do things for ourselves to set ourselves up for success the next day. And it was really sweet. It was imagine you are a separate person and you're doing this act of service, this act of love for yourself. Can you like I just I want to go back to that disappointment of not setting up your coffee machine for a second here. Yeah, yeah. How heartbroken were you? And I use the word heartbroken. I was on so heartbroken. I, I bet I had been hurt <laughs> in a way that I had not been in so, in a very long time. Because in that moment, in that moment, I had been betrayed so much, like betrayed salt on that wound <laughs> by nighttime Phil, who had decided that oh, I don't know, morning Phil can take care of the coffee. Meanwhile, I'm the one doing, Morning Phil is the one doing the zombie walk into the kitchen. Yeah. And then realizing after flipping the switch, because the thing just sort of goes, I'm done. There's no water. And realizing that I have ruined my life for the morning, for the next hour. Poor Morning Phil. He didn't deserve this. He didn't deserve it. He He didn't didn't deserve it. No, he didn't. You know, nighttime Jess should do that for Morning Jess. Because those those mornings are early. Let me I'm tell sure you, they are. I am. I'm not a morning person. I'm not. I'm. I'm not even the cute like little coffee mug that says like, "Don't talk to me until I've had my coffee." I'm not that person. You're, you're a you're a you're a, a a black coffee mug that says, "Do you want to die?" That's it, right there, <laughs> right there, and and. I just don't understand why I don't set up the coffee maker for myself in the morning. I don't. You really should do that for yourself. I should. You think I would. I <laughs> even want to, I go above and beyond with my coffee. I've I've got like special creamers. I've got like little cinnamon sprinkler. I know how to take care of myself, but apparently nighttime Jess just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> one of the, one of my major life changes and it, it sort of affected me greatly as an introvert was starting the job that I'm in now, which was, I realized almost nine years ago. But when I started that job, I, I showed up and, you know, nervous, all that sort of thing. And there's all kinds of people that you're being introduced to. 
right? Everybody's like, hey, it's, you know, you should, here's so-and-so, here's so-and-so. We're going for lunch. You should come up for lunch. Meanwhile, I'm like, okay, I have to do this. You know, it's like, you got to do the thing. And then at the end of the day, they say, oh, by the way, it's the CEO's birthday. We're having a party upstairs. Knowing that in this moment, I don't have a choice. I have to go. Oh. So I'm already drained from meeting everybody. And then I have to go out, go to this gathering for the CEO who I don't even really, I don't really know anybody. So I'm trapped at a birthday party full of strangers having to make small talk. No. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'd already been doing all day because everybody was like, oh, hey, where'd you come from? But what were you doing before here? Oh, that's great. You know, all that kind of stuff. Right. And the questions are so repetitive every time too. The, oh, so yeah. what did you do before this? Yeah. Oh, nice. Have you always lived in the city? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's all the same questions. And your work is the kind that does like the uh, the team building exercises, right? Not so much in the last three years. Well, that's good. We did digital <laughs> ones, but the best part about digital ones is you can turn off the camera. Ah. Oh, yes. Even when they're like, even when they're like, oh, everybody camera's on. There's always a few people who don't. And you could just be like, and you turn off your camera just for a break. Yeah, being from having people like see you. Yeah, no, the, the whole like you know camera on situation here. No, that's got to be optional. That's so invasive. I know. <laughs> we did I conference know. calls before. We we can we can last. Yeah, no, you don't need to. I mean, I think I, I get it. I mean, the reason why people want to have the camera on is because they they're trying to get everybody you know the, some face to face that we don't have anymore. But sometimes, sometimes you're like, I. Basically, today I rolled out of bed and I sat in front of the computer and I was planning on getting dressed in a little while. But right now, I'm just wearing track pants and a ratty t-shirt and I don't want to be seen on camera. That was every day for me. (laughs) I hope my boss hears this. (laughs) Why is your camera off? Oh, it's it's connectivity issues. Don't worry. I'll get it up in a bit. Yeah, it's great when you're going to be like, I'm having some internet problems. It's just I want to be able to hear everybody. So I'm choosing to turn my camera off. Yeah. Meanwhile, (laughs) meanwhile, I just hadn't showered in days. So (laughs) it's the, the, the thing that that about like that starting a new job is you're kind of trapped, right? Because you are highly aware of the fact that you're the new person. You're trying to figure out what is the dynamic here? What's happening here? And in this situation, when they're like, oh, hey, it's the CEO's birthday. You should come to the party. That's not a suggestion. That's a requirement because if you did not go, then everybody the next day would be like, oh, what happened to you? I thought, you know, it was the party for the CEO. Why didn't you come? I I don't know him (laughs) is what you would want to say, of course, but it's just like, what an awkward thing to put somebody through. It's already (laughs) tough enough, right? Right. And everybody just wants to know who you are and everyone wants to shake your hand and it's, it's nice, but just the space would be nice too. Yeah. At the time we were still a very small company. So yeah, everybody wanted to know who you are at, as you grow, as the company gets larger, you don't have that so much. But when the when the company is just like 29 people, everybody wants to know who you are. Oh, gross. You know, whenever you got this new job, what was it like for your routine? 
did like did you already have a routine for yourself as an introvert or did it sort of stay the same when you got this new job just cuz it's it sounds like when you did get this job it was quite draining emotionally and mentally well part of the i mean the backstory of that is that the, is that i had had a, a job for like 5 years and i had the opportunity to take a show that i'd created on tour and when i came to them and say hey i would like to be able to do this it'll just be for the summer i'm willing to take time unpaid just so I can do this. And they said, no. So I had made the choice to, to leave that job. So I went on the tour and I came back and I was working like two part-time jobs to try to keep my head above water. So I didn't really have a routine because I had like one, a job that was during the day and I had a job that was in the evening. So I was trying to balance both of them. Once I did get the job, I managed to find my way back to the routine that I had had with the other job, which was waking up early, taking time with my coffee. And I find that so important, not like just take the coffee down it and then jump in the shower. I take like 45 minutes to an hour of just sitting and reading for a bit. There's reading on the internet, but it's still reading before I get my day started. Because if I don't do that, that, that doing that helps me charge up for dealing with people. I always found I struggled with a morning routine in that I already hate mornings. And if I were to get sucked into a really good news article or or something like that I'm watching online, I get so resentful of the time because I'm enjoying myself so much that I actually find that it drains me more mm. and it makes me feel like I'm begrudgingly leaving now. So mm. I... I've had to not do that for myself, which is so interesting because I, I have to wake up, get ready mm. and out the door and whatever time I get is always going to be at night. See, one of the things that I do, the thing that I read is I use a, a, a feed reader. So I've entered the sites that I want content from there. And so instead of like navigating to an individual site and trying to go through that, I go to the feed reader. It shows me what the new articles are and I scroll through. That sounds interesting. That sounds interesting. That sounds interesting. And I read those and then I'm done with that. So with that, I've been able to keep it like instead of like going to like a newspaper and like online newspaper and scrolling through all the articles, this is very focused on, on things that I'm generally interested in, but it has a finite end. Like the feed is done at a certain point. And that has helped me to keep it within reason. Mm -hmm. Oh, see, I get so carried away with it. <laughs> so carried away. <laughs> I just wouldn't be going in. <laughs> but yeah. staying at home is just not an option. Now, with the move, going back mm -hmm. to that, that, that life change, I imagine that there was a job change for you in that as well. Sort of. I was working at a retail company and then they just transferred me. But I was working in a huge box store and mm. then transferred to a smaller store in a mall. And this already was a way bigger mall than we had here in Niagara at the time. <laughs> at the time, we got some big malls now, but it was, yeah, it was weird to go to this new place that like very luxurious mall with stores that I thought we could only get in Toronto. So <laughs> here's, here's this small town girl. <laughs> coming into a big city and London was big to me. And I think, yeah, just switching jobs. It was nice though, because I worked with the same person and he was an introvert. Huh. 
So we stayed on opposite sides of the room. And I think like the one time we actually started talking, we talked about food for hours <laughs> and hours. And it was the best conversation nice. ever. It was so good. So it wasn't so bad. It wasn't so bad. So you didn't have to like meet a whole lot of new people when you were transferred to the to the new store. No, but I did have to leave, unfortunately, because they didn't offer me full time. And I found full time at a store that was just down like just down the corridor and I saw they were hiring full time and mm. I applied and I got it and that was a mistake. That was extroverts everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. And and the thing is is that where I worked in a jewelry store so we were behind the counter and you have to talk to anyone that comes through that door. Right. You have to talk, you have to know exactly what they're looking at. And you have to guide them to the right space. You have to pick apart their life, figure out what they're looking for. Like I've worked in in retail before and we can just say hi to somebody that comes through the door and be like, I'm here if you need anything. But right. a jewelry store, no chance. Right. I'm going to know your family tree by the end of that conversation. That sounds like a nightmare. How long it, did you last? Up until I think Boxing Day, and I just left. I left. <laughs> I told Steve, I was like, I'm, I can't do this. I, I really can't. And it just it was it. It didn't help. It was already a dysfunctional place. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like, jewelry stores are infamous for this, apparently. So I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I just left and had to find myself. And then I found a, a good retail job after hey. that. Hey. Hey. Do those exist? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It, all of our all of our retail workers listening to this podcast, they all just said the same thing. <laughs> of course. Of course. Is there a way that you found to help deal with these big life changes, a thing that you're able to do that can help you to to focus yourself or to to do what you need to do as an introvert to to deal with the changes? I don't think I found a productive way. I think what I ended up doing was forcing myself to talk to one new person a week. And although it sounds manageable, the problem is, is that I was speaking with people I wasn't necessarily engaging with. I, I was, you, you say it sounds like it's not much, but it sounds like, it sounds like a lot to me. Okay. Well, like it, it, maybe it was, maybe it was, but again, they were not engaging. And that was the thing that I didn't even ask myself is, do you even want to be friends with these people? Right. Yeah. And they're, and, and that's the thing is I was forcing this to happen and I was allowing too many people into my life all at once. And I got swamped. Right. Yeah. And this is no comment on, on these people. They're, they're lovely and they're wonderful. It's just, I already was going through such a change and I was exploring this relationship with this person that I knew was going to be like my person for the rest of my life. And I was getting to know this new city. I was getting to know this theater company I was trying to build up off the ground. So did I feel like I could engage in conversation? Not really. So to me, it, I don't think that was very productive. Well, no, because if you're just, if your goal is to just talk to someone, anyone in the week, Chances are, I know what I would do. If that was the thing that I'd done, I'd be like, it's Monday. I'm talking to a person. You'll do, you know, just to get <laughs> it out of the way, just to do it. Instead of being like, this person looks interesting. I'd be like, it's Monday. It's nine o'clock. That person's there. I'm talking to them. 
I feel it, okay when you put it that way it sounds like I'm an extrovert that's just like running around town at every bus stop looking for somebody with nobody their believes that in. whatsoever nobody good thinks that. I don't think so <laughs> not after my party excuses of why I can't go <laughs> I think we all know where I stand how did you choose those people that you decided to talk to they I already knew them through theater shows I was doing. So they were the ones already piquing interest in hanging out with me. So they already were here. And then I could kind of just go from there. Self- as selfish as that sounds. That's fine. We do <laughs> what we you. have to do. We got, well, I had to survive. I had to, in order to successfully work through this life change, my routine had to change. Okay. So what I did, and I'll use you know, motherhood as an example, but to give context, Steve was working afternoons for a little while there. So two weeks he'd work days, one week he'd work afternoons. So he'd be gone from one o'clock until like 1130 at night. That means that I have to take care of Sawyer all by myself. That's the name of my son, everyone, by the way. And I put him to bed, made sure everything was all good. He had to be in bed by 830. I made sure that my downtime, my time was down to a science. So I would have everything down by time increments to say, okay, by eight o'clock, his bedtime stuff needs to be set. 8.15, I need to get him going. But at the same time, I was able to wash bottles, get his formula ready for the night. I was able to get everything down in 15 minutes. I was like a rocket while rocking my son. So... For me, I think getting your whatever you need for self-care, find a way to make a step-by-step process of making that happen in a certain window of time. Even if it's just for like a half hour at night, something, just something for you to look forward to. Whether that be in the morning, like Phil, who needs his 45-minute coffee, or like me, who needs to stay up into the wee hours of the morn. <laughs> um, are you generally a a planner do you plan is that is that in your nature to plan like that or is that a survival technique that you learned it's a survival technique but i also am one of those people that love stationery but i also love calendars and i will cycle through calendars and i will give myself the impression that i am a planner <laughs> so you're really like it's like the kind of person who buys notebooks but you don't write in them I'm the good intentions person. <laughs> you know what they say about good intentions? It's true. Now, at what point in your motherhood journey did you find that you needed this this schedule and this like very regimented evening? Sawyer was going through a really, really, really tough tough bedtime. It was really hard to get him on a routine as it was. And the more time that Steve was away from home at work and leaving me to just do this by myself, I think it became very apparent that, you know, after to be vulnerable after a few tears and just not knowing what to do and being so backed into a corner of helplessness, reaching out into mom groups, not getting the answers that you really needed, that's when I knew it was time for a change. So it was, if I make this something I'm really looking forward to, I'm going to work so hard to get mm-hmm. this kid to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And if it, it came to a point where if he didn't go to sleep right at 830, it felt like just 
everything was crumbling. Like it just felt like end of the world to oh, me. It was tough. That like, is it, tough. Yeah. That and and tough. so as his bedtime starts changing and, and now he's, he's in bed by like seven thirty eight o'clock, I've got more time for myself. It was definitely an adjustment. It was a perspective change as well. Sure. That's sorry. It was a perspective change mm. and knowing that, okay, you, you are taking care of a, a a little being that needs you who doesn't know how to go to sleep. For a lot of you who don't know this, babies have to be taught how to go to sleep. I didn't know that. I would have known it if I had read the damn books, but I didn't. <laughs> I was going to try to find a way to bring up the fact that you'd, that you'd skip the it. books. I knew it. You... I saw the wheels turning and I was like, I'm getting there before them. <laughs> well done. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've learned to read you now. <laughs> but like, I, I didn't know that you had to sleep train them. So this was new to me. So I bought a sleep training book and we stuck to it and I got my evenings back and it's those times are really sacred to me. And I generally don't speak to people at that time because I, I am on all day. Yeah. I'm on with Miss Rachel. I'm mm. on with the Wiggles. I'm on with family, friends, you know, prepping for anything that the day holds. Like today I made dinner for three days. So, and then, and, and I had a lot to do. So the end of the night is very important to me. This is a difficult question, and it, it it could be if this was a question that was asked in a mom group on Facebook, it would probably cause a huge war. But the question is, as an introvert, do you find that the baby demands you to be pushing as an extrovert more than is comfortable? Yes, <laughs> just just straight up. Yes, I have been invited to so many mommy and me groups. I've been invited to many baby playdates at the library. I've been so many invitations for playdates. Let's go for a walk. Let's grab a coffee. Let's, you know, I, I think our babies are in the same group. They could meet, they can play and have that social time. And I feel so selfish. I do. I feel very selfish for saying no, because I'm denying my son something in a sense. But really, when I think about it, it's, you know, this is my sacred time. I get one year to be a stay-at-home mom. It's very important to me. Yeah. I, I didn't realize how much I needed this. Mm -hmm. The thought of taking my son to baby groups for him to socialize feels like it's actually taking away from me, my mm. time with him. I play with him all day. I love playing with him. Yeah. I don't want to share him right now. He's going to be going to daycare when I go back yeah. to work. He's going to get all the social time that he needs. But right now he has a strong attachment to me and I have a strong attachment to him that of that's course. the way that I, I work around it. It's, it's not that you're denying him something. It's that you're cherishing something right now. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do you find it all that you're, when it's just you and him that you are, like with him that you're being extroverted or is, does that not even come into the question with him? It doesn't really come into question because, you know, babies already love to hear your voice. You know, when, when I, when he was first born, I, you know, it's not like I wasn't doing really much baby talk over him. Like I was being silly, but like, you know, I, I could talk about anything with him. I could talk about him, my thoughts I'm having, or just, you know, 
the plans I have in the future, mm. theater shows that I like. It was mm. weird. Like you're just sitting there feeding them a bottle and you're like, and so your daddy and I moved back to Niagara. And sometimes <laughs> I wonder, like, you know, was it a good idea? You know, <laughs> we'll go through the whole motions. And when I'm playing with him, I've learned what makes him laugh, what he mm. what he smiles at, what he cries at. And so it doesn't feel strenuous. It feels like I'm just, it's going to sound, you know, no, it, I don't care how it sounds. I It's literally me talking to my little best friend. Yeah. My little buddy, right? Yeah. So I don't know. It doesn't feel laborious to me. That's good. That's good. It does when I'm stacking cups and he knocks them over, then sure. That's something yeah. else entirely. That's that, something else I entirely. have a problem. I, I have a problem. <laughs> your problem is that you need your, your, your cup stacked. Well, also like he has this cute little xylophone and I like playing it and making like, you know, I did the Imperial March with it. And then I think I tried doing a few Pixar songs and he keeps grabbing the stick to chew on it. <laughs> so I have to like be like, okay, this is his toy. This is his. <laughs> You're trying to get show him culture. This is music child. And he just doesn't care. <laughs> and he doesn't care. Welcome to the rest of your life. <laughs> I'm not having a doctor in this house. <laughs> I used to have a theory with with some friends of mine who were who were nerdy. I was like, listen, you have to be careful and be prepared because nerdy kids raise jocks. <laughs> Do they really? Kids rebel. Right. And so if the parents are like, if the parents are like, Hey, we're watching the Lord of the Rings. The kid's going to be like, can't watch an action movie. You know, just like oh my they're gosh. going to go the way that you don't want them to. So you have to just be aware that they're going to rebel against the thing that you love because you love it. <laughs> Sawyer, we're going to be going to a theater show. Would you like to come with us? No, I'm going to the science fair. <laughs> or he's going to be like, no, I want to stay home and watch survivor on TV. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> He's going to love reality shows. Oh yeah. no. Yeah. Sorry. Apologies to anybody who enjoys reality shows, but they are trash. You have to I, admit. Okay. I'm a little confession. I freaking love reality shows. Which ones are, what's your addiction to which year? Okay. Temptation Island. What? Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Steve, Steve and I just love yelling at the TV. We're just so addicted to it and it makes us feel better about ourselves. <laughs> the but closest like, that I get to reality shows yeah. is uh, the Great Canadian Baking Show. <gasps> I love that show. Which is, it, I started watching it during the pandemic because it was like so soothing and relaxing. It was like, everybody is just so goddamn nice and I love it. Um, and then on the other side, I really enjoy nailed it on Netflix. Oh my gosh. I want Steve to be on that show so badly. <laughs> it's just <laughs> so amazing. I love both of those shows, but that is close as I get to reality. First of all, Nicole Byer is an absolute treasure. I, yes. I adore that woman so much, but also it's whenever they reveal it, they're so earnest when they say nailed it. They like, all know that it's shit. They all, they know all that do. It's, shit. it's all, but, they're just trying to put on a brave face and there's money involved. So I'm, you know, I'm willing to do anything, but it's right? what I find amusing is you've got like the great Canadian baking show where nobody is really competing for anything except for like a, a cake platter and like mm -hmm. the saying that they won. 
And <laughs> you compare that with like this show. But on the on the actual baking show, they're like, here's the thing you're going to make. It's going to take you four hours to make this thing go. And on <laughs> Nailed It, they're like, here's the thing that took our chef six hours to make it. You're going to make it in 45 minutes. <laughs> I love it so much. I love it. Anything that has to do with like a cake that has height and sculpting. Because the sculpting <laughs> is is something else and it leaves me speechless every time it's just because they take people who have very little competency at baking because baking is not like cooking cooking you'd be like i'm gonna throw in this thing it's it's jazz. baking it's is jazz. a science you and it's just, classical you have to do it and it, it, there's one way to do it and if you don't do it and then you have people who are coming on and be like, eh, when I make it, I use, uh, this feels right. And you're like, this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I really love watching them put like, you know, like too much like baking soda, not enough flour. And they're like, the taste is just brutal. But well, there's also like, there was oh. one where they were making a pie. You know, you put beans in the, in the pie plate and you, you like that sort of like proofs or whatever. I don't remember what the word is, but you put like these, these dried beans in there. Oh, you're okay. supposed to take those out. Oh no! You're supposed oh. to do it. It's supposed to like help the 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 pie plate to 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 mold to the to the to the thing. But you have to take those out. And there've been a couple of times on that show people have left those. In. Oh bless! <laughs> oh my goodness! But that's the closest I get to reality shows because, like I, we've talked about the fact that I don't enjoy conflict. Right? We've talked about about. Oh that. man! Yeah. And reality shows are all about manufacturing conflict. Oh yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so I don't enjoy watching that. <laughs> you know, that's half the battle. Again, Steve and I, like I said, we're yelling at the TV. It'll be a few times where he'll be like, why wouldn't they just say this? I'm like, where's the garbage in that? That's <laughs> rational thinking. Why would they put that on TV? <laughs> well, you know, you know, for a fact that at some point, maybe somebody did say that and a producer ran in and said, Actually, just say it. Just tell them that they're a stupid bitch. Yeah, do that. <laughs> there you go. Laugh. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I, I had a, a friend that thought that any like reality shows were were reality. They really genuinely thought that. They thought that they were watching things organically play out, and they were asking, "How do the producers get these stories? Like they get them on camera?" And I did like, I felt like I was really bursting a bubble. Mm. By telling them, I just need you to know all of those people are very aware they're on a set. Mm -hmm. Even everything is down, like just total composition. Yeah. Th that is not real. And it just, her face was just like, no, <laughs> no, these, no, that's why would they call it reality TV? Then it's fictional TV, isn't it? And I'm they like, actually I refer to it now as unscripted TV is its official term. Really? Yes, because they they have to acknowledge you know, as they as it's become more of a thing, you realize it's not reality, and so we're just referring to it as unscripted. You know, I should probably tell you something. Mm -hmm. I applied to a reality show. What show? Temptation I'm Island. You, no. Oh no, no. It's not so much a real. It's like a reality game show, mm -hmm. and I got around to round two. I applied to the Circle. Wow. Have you seen it? I've never watched it, no. Okay, Phil, it's actually really decent. It's the introvert's dream. You're literally in a room for 
three weeks not seeing anybody, not talking to anybody except through a screen. Do you hear their voices or do you just get to chat? Type? You don't get it's j- you you don't even you chat with them, but you you say it into the microphone and right. then it transcribes it onto the screen for you. Oh, and it's like it's a strategy game. <laughs> you have to it's on Netflix. Watch it. I applied. Who knows? Who knows? It's true. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, to get us back on track as we as we. Wow. As we yeah. Finished, we sort of went on a, went on a <laughs> tangent. This is what happens when we don't have proper notes. In terms of if somebody was facing a big life change, whether it was motherhood, starting a new job, moving to a new city, whatever that change might be, what piece of advice would you give to an introvert in that situation? Remember that change is necessary to you. You cannot stay in the box forever. You need to get out of the box, step up onto the box to get to the next step. I say this because a lot of the times when I'm going through life changes, I question, was this the right choice? Was was this the right move for me? Or if I had no control in it, I would resent the whole thing altogether. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that you're growing, your situations are going to change. And so that's why I, I really wanted to nail in routine, find something to grab a hold of, to ground yourself. You can't control these things the worst is going to happen in these situations. And I know you're going to want to turn around and run, Mm. but the best thing that you can do is face it. Know that this is, this is your circumstance. Now there's no going back ground yourself. Yeah, for sure. You do need to find some kind of routine that works for you, especially depending on what the change is. If it's a change that, that, that is going to result in more social interaction than you're used to or new social interaction, You need to find some way to make sure that you spend some time each morning to charge your batteries before you do it. Or maybe you wake, if you're a person who tends to wake up with charged batteries, you need something in the evening for like recovering, or maybe you need both, but it's important to have those scheduled in so that, so that you don't burn yourself out and, and, and feel miserable after just a couple of weeks of, of, of this change. Well said. Well said. I have no follow-up to that. Well, thank you. We'll just end it there then. That was good. Did we learn anything? Oh, shit. That old, <laughs> that old saw. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know if I, I, I mean, I learned, I learned number one, I learned that you, that you, that you enjoy TV trash. It's my guilty pleasure. It's a guilty pleasure. It is. I learned that you applied to some TV trash and that, but that's not really on topic, but I just need to list that out for our listeners. <laughs> Do you know what, listeners? Why don't you tell us what you learned? <laughs> that's the that's why the, don't you that's the yeah. cop out. Yes. Why don't you come to us? <laughs> listeners, please, if you learned anything today, if you learned anything today, please just let us know. Because we're apparently lost. We're we, done. <laughs> we had such a good start with our, our catch-up episode, and now we're gonna guys, I'm sorry. It's been seven months. It's it's going to be rough for a little bit, but we'll get back on track. We promise. We promise, we promise we'll get back on track. Track. On track. On track. <laughs>